0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. In 2014, former Canadian Prime Minister Stephen Harper greeted Vladimir Putin at a G20 conference and said, I guess I'll shake your hand, but you need to get out of Ukraine. None of the rest of them said that. My good friend Michael Tobe is a former Stephen Harper speechwriter. And uh, we're going to talk to him about that. Michael, of course, also columnist for Troy Media and Looney Politics, contributor to the National Post and the Washington Times. And I have a couple of Stephen Harper stories. But first first of all, Michael, thanks for coming on. You know, uh, I always enjoy these segments. You you, knew, you know Stephen Harper very well. You worked alongside him, writing speeches for him. Th- that's that's the man, right, saying to Putin, I guess I'll shake your hand, but you have to get out of Ukraine.
1: No, absolutely. Look, I knew Stephen Harper long before I ever worked for him. I first met him in 96, and yes, that is the man. And I know that, pardon me, when the media came back initially, I remember this both in domestic and international media covers. they were suggesting that it wasn't him or that it couldn't be true or that this wouldn't have happened at a conference of that importance. No, it was accurate, and that does sound like him. Um, in the end, ultimately, you have to sort of consider Harper the man and what he believes and what he thinks in. He supports the concepts of democracy, liberty, and freedom, like most conservatives do and like most Canadians do. But he also believes that leaders should be responsible for their actions and that when you go against things like international law or just basically law or the rule of any sort of concept of decency that we live in in democracies, and in, in this, in the understanding that leaders are supposed to be responsible for their actions, you know, responsible for what they say. You're supposed to have a society that depends on what you do. And then you see someone like Vladimir Putin, who operates very much like, say, the old communist leaders, the old Tsars like uh, Peter the Great, the emperor, and others who basically felt that they could just, you know, move forward, be quote-unquote great reformers in their own mind, but in reality sort of try to... Change their society in such a fashion that they are the most powerful person in the room, they are the strongest voice in the room, and they are the one that should be listened to. That's something that Stephen Harper, among many other people, does not agree with. And it's to his credit that he spoke out against Vladimir Putin years before all of this happened. It was remember nice 2014. We actually, we actually had a leader in the white in the, in the in 2014. 2014,
0: Michael. The uh, Putin had invaded. The uh, the eastern part of UK- Ukraine, he'd uh, he'd taken Crimea, correct, correct. and he'd taken two provinces, and that was the circumstance under which Stephen Harper confronted them. The rest of them just walked up to Putin, shook his hand, as though nothing was wrong.
1: Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, as I said, someone recently, just a few days ago, on a separate interview, we're basically governed by a whole series of Neville Chamberlains, and it's the same thing that we saw. Yeah, we saw it eight years ago, and. It really was the Canadian prime minister, a country that is really a middle power by nature. But under Harper's leadership, we punched well above our weight. I know it's a line I've used many times, but we really did on the international front. And that's why Canada played a leadership role when it came to foreign policy, when Stephen Harper was prime minister, versus today, where, well... As I often say, we're back at the foreign policy kitty table again under Justin Trudeau. It's a huge difference in terms of the person who's in charge of our country, and more specifically, the person who leads our country, and how he deals with and addresses tyrants like Vladimir Putin.
0: I have a couple of Stephen Harper stories. I told you sure. about them, but so, so I'll just go through them really quickly. They won't take much time. I think I may have talked about them once, in a, once before, but... Stephen Harper had a a habit, he was on my show quite a bit, and he had a habit of answering questions quickly, there wasn't a lot of time wasted, and he did answer the questions, there wasn't a lot of Mm -hmm. sidestepping, so I had um, eight questions prepared for him, maybe maybe more, might have been ten, but we had them for about 15 minutes, and ten questions for a prime minister is usually way more than you need, right, you usually have four or five, and they're because they talk all the time, so... I asked him the questions. We go boom, 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 through all the questions. Mm -hmm. And I had seven minutes left, and I'd (laughs) gone through all the questions. So I said, well, Prime Minister, (laughs) I don't have any more questions for you. You want to talk hockey? (laughs) So so we did. We talked hockey for seven minutes. So then there was another time, though, where we had him scheduled. I remember it was the 4.33 to 4.45 segment. 4.33 arrived Eastern Time, Michael, and uh, no Stephen Harper. 444, okay. 445, 446, 447, 448, and I'm patting and I'm patting, and I'm becoming more and more irritated, and then he calls in, and I can't right, let right. it go. I can't let it go. Even though to the prime minister. So I said, we've been waiting for you. I've been sitting here waiting, patting, oh, waiting God. for you to call, and he said, I'm here now. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> that was it.
1: <laughs> and I'm not being disrespectful, Stephen, if you're listening. That's you. I know you well, and that's exactly you. And, story, and, and, though, and you know what it was you know
0: what it was michael it was take it take it or leave it <laughs> i'm yeah. here now take it or leave it
1: exactly and that's why a lot of canadians and a lot of conservatives for many years liked him because he was direct and to the point but as well just very quickly because i know we're tight on time it's not surprising you did half an interview with hockey on him as people know one of the two one of several books that he's written this first book was on the history of the toronto maple Leafs.
0: yes hey we always put in some sports And this terrible situation between, uh, you know, Putin unleashing his army on Ukraine, it's backfired on him in the world of sports as well. Formula One, no Russian Grand Prix. That was the move was started by Sebastian Vettel. God bless him.
1: (laughs) I agree. Absolutely. As well, the Champions League final was also moved out of St. Petersburg and will now be pushed into Paris. So I know a lot of people are directly saying that, well, does it really make that big a difference? But it does, when you consider how important is sports in European society and culture, how much money and revenue it brings in when you hold things like that. The F1 and Champions League final gets an enormous amount of revenue for travel and tourism. And it's a huge loss and a huge embarrassment for him on the international stage. And Vladimir Putin obviously has his own positions and ideas about things, but he doesn't like to be embarrassed, like most people don't like to be embarrassed. Well, there's no. two shots to the backside that he's deserved, and hopefully there's going to be plenty more.
0: Um, somebody just said something in my ear, and I'm not sure what it was. What did you say? Say it again. Google Doc. Okay. I Sometimes, Michael, I get these uh, these messages, and then it's incumbent on me to open the computer, and sometimes it agrees, and sometimes <laughs> it doesn't. Oh, this okay. is, um, yeah, FIFA's canceled all matches in Russia and bans the anthem and flag at all games in other areas.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: And the Ukraine Minister of Health has confirmed 16 children have been killed in the war so far, 116 wounded. Terrible story. Terrible.
1: It's horrible. It really is. It really is. Let's hope this ends quickly. My goodness.
0: Let's hope it does. Just before you go, because we have 60 seconds left, was there a moment in your relationship with Stephen Harper, was there something that you just, you know, that you remember, certainly exchange and encounter that you can share with us oh
1: i mean a lot of things i do keep private but you know and that's just the way i am with anyone no matter who it is whether it's a world leader or someone who is an, un, who is an unknown yeah, but i enough. guess one thing i can throw in very quickly he had a real interest in music or more specifically classical music that his late father really greatly appreciated, and one day when he was still actually president of the National Citizens Coalition, he sent me a note asking me just for some ideas for some Christmas music that he, you know, they thought, could you recommend some albums or things so I can purchase it for my father? I always thought it was kind of interesting on two notes. One, it was nice of him to actually contact me on that level, and secondly, it was interesting that although I was born Jewish, but I I left the faith a long time ago, that it would actually be me he went to rather than others. Exactly.